right from the word go, I wanted to make sure that I was framing this in a, in a positive way because at the time my job was climbing, all my friends were climbing, um, my husband's a climber, and I didn't want this to be something that was going to define me. Welcome, my name's Davey Wright, and today I am talking to Gilly MacArthur. She, amongst many things, is an illustrator, climber, uh, and open water swimmer, and star of the, uh, the film Body of Water. So, Gilly, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We're, we're just warming up. We are, yes. Uh, after being in the lake. Um, my toes are still cold. I think everything else is pretty much back to normal. My toes are still cold as yeah. well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> my, my brain's not quite with it, so if okay. I don't make any oh, sense, be, that's why. <laughs> I know. And, uh, and you've got a little hot water bottles there. These are my two little blue ball hot water bottles. <laughs> They're nice though, they're nice yeah, and they're, warm. They're cute, yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll put them back in my pocket for now. Put your balls away. Yeah. Um, so, how are you? How are you keeping? I'm good, I'm yeah. really good, yeah. Day, whatever, day 21 of my swims every day every this day, month. Every day in January. So, um, uh, and, well, we'll just touch on that at the moment. What? So what's the premise of your, your everyday swim? What's the... What are you doing there? Uh, so every day for the last uh, couple of years in January, I've uh, swum for charity. So I started about four years ago uh, swimming in January for uh, Mind, uh, the mental health charity, mm -hmm. uh, and that was seeking out like sort of bodies of water to swim in that were uh, a bit higher up, a bit more adventurous. Um, and then this year I'm swimming again, but this time it's for um, a charity called CAM UK, which are a suicide charity and they help people um, with uh, mental health struggles in that in that way. And um, But this year I'm changing it up because in the years gone by I've swum by myself and this year I'm swimming with different guys every day to highlight the fact that cold water and open water swimming, but specifically cold water, um, is really amazing for mental well-being, not just for women, but for men too. Mm. So um, finding different guys to swim with. So you were <laughs> my different guy to swim with today. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. No, no problems. Uh, I, I, no it was a pleasure. Did. It was a pleasure. <laughs> um, the, it did take a bit of getting into the water, uh -huh. uh, obviously, because it was. But I don't think it's as cold as, as it's been, obviously. I think, what did you measure? the? Or what was in Today water? was six, six. And the average... I think this uh, month that I've been swimming in has been about about five and a half, six. Okay. Last year it was a lot, lot colder mm -hmm. and every swim was under five degrees. But at this time of year it's a bit of a swim but uh, but not a distance. I'm just mm -hmm. really doing it for getting that cold hit. So Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, uh, and am I right in saying that it's, well, is it right in saying that there's probably more women wild water swim than men or, is, or do you think it's pretty 50-50 now is that do you know I think that there's definitely more um, women uh, swim than men certainly in the UK and certainly that seems to be the, the what, what I would be reading and what I certainly see as well mm -hmm. um, I think there's lots of reasons for that but I think that there are lots more men uh, getting into open water swimming now mm -hmm. um, and there's loads of groups that are setting up across the UK. I think there's five or six groups now for mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely a different sort of experience with uh, men and with women swimming, but ultimately 
the end goal is exactly the same, which is to get a big rush of dopamine, serotonin, and all the happy hormones, and mm -hmm. and, and uh, yeah, to, to make you feel great about your day. And you've done something which is openly looking quite challenging, and is quite challenging to yourself. But mm. then it sets you up for the day ahead. So, yeah. yeah uh -huh. And is that why is that why you got into open works? On what, what? How did? You, what was your progression into it? Oh, so um, I'm from the northeast of Scotland, and uh, so when I was little, I used to go swimming, but like in the sea, and uh, and maybe in lochs, going over onto the west coast and stuff. But I was never a competitive swimmer. And then I moved to the Lake District to be nearer the climbing. But it rains a lot, so I found um, I was down at the water one day, and I thought it might just be nice to give this open water swimming thing a go. And uh, the first time I went, I wore a big surf wetsuit and there were a bunch of women down here that were swimming in just their swimming costumes and I thought, that looks interesting but surely they're going to die because... And I genuinely thought, and I've said this before in, 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 in interviews and stuff, I genuinely thought that they were going to put on goose fat because that's, you know what, the when channel swim the channel, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they And they didn't and I thought, crikey, this is really bold what they're doing <laughs> anyway the next day they, so they didn't put on goose fat and they got in and I faffed around in my wetsuit but I was only in the water for a couple of minutes and then the next day um, they'd suggested Luke ditch the wetsuit and just get in because ultimately what you're doing at this time of year it's like October November time is, is getting in for the cold and distance is something that you can do in the summer or with a wetsuit but really it's about the cold for me and and what I love about it is uh, the fact that it opens up all year round any body of water as long as you know how to approach it safely and do your sort of risk assessment first you're opening up all the seasons to you to mm. find something which is for yourself and mm. you can just go ahead and do it so I'm always swimming around with uh, you know, I've always got my uh, swimming costume in my car. Right. I can see just in case. Water. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> yeah, we and get into it. Yeah. So it's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. It's a nice way to connect to the seasons. Well, let sort of flip it back a bit and mm -hmm. talk about your kind of journey in the outdoors, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, so you, where did your outdoor journey start? You mentioned you you're from the northeast uh, mm -hmm. of Scotland. Um, how did that start to uh, and take you to sort of towards where you are now? So when I was small, I did a lot of like uh, being outside, playing in trees, being a bit of a sort of you know had a, had a, had a lot of freedom to to, to 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 play and to imagine and to do things outside. So I was really lucky in that in that regard. And my mum and dad were always forcing us to go outside, even when it was raining and crap weather with just our shorts and stuff, mm. and you just dry off and that'd be fine. Mm. And so um, and then. I really got into more outdoorsy stuff, actually, probably quite late on. Maybe I was like in my mid-twenties when I started to engage more with going outside, getting into a bit of running and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But but really, it's, it's sort of fast-forwarded quite a lot. I had a big job working for a company um, uh, called Gap, and I was working really hard doing 70 hours a week for them cut me in half and it would have said gap right through the middle of me and um and that was my that was my sort of family you know i was just mm. like lo loving that work big corporate work and worked in new york and san francisco and then 
got a bit burnt out, so I took a year off. And right. I thought, well, what can I do? I'll go and I'll go and live in the Alps. So I moved to Chamonix. Uh, wanted to learn to snowboard. Mm -hmm. Got a job working in a bar, and uh, and fe fell in love with like spending more time out outdoors and mm -hmm. realised that there was probably a different path that I could uh, travel on. And basically, from that, started to look at what I could do differently with my life to to spend more time in the outdoors and in a way which was going to nourish me a bit more because mm -hmm. the the career path that I'd had had been brilliant and it, it definitely brought me to the place where I was at now but I wanted right. to maybe change things up a bit mm -hmm. um, so I moved back to the UK and I got a job for a snowboarding company and then and then sort of the rest is history I worked with them for a couple of years um, and then moved over to work for about eight or ten years for a rock climbing brand called DMM DMM mm -hmm. um, and then moved moved here. So, really, the experience was uh, oh, oh, to get those jobs. It was good because I'd had that big corporate experience, corporate experience and understanding. You know, and I like took a, a big pay cut to come and work in the outdoor industry, but the work-life balance was better. It was more nourishing for my mental well-being. Mm -hmm. um, better crack. Yeah. Really found my tribe in the outdoors <laughs> and. Um, and so that's how I've got to where I, where I am now. So now I'm freelance. Yeah. But I still, still work with outdoor brands. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What was it that triggered the coming out of the corporate, come away from Gap? Was it, was it something some significant or was it just burnt out? Or I was just quite burnt out, I think. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I was going to be definitely sort of filling dead man's shoes. I was having to wait for the right position okay. to come up. And ultimately, that progression was just always ever going to continue up the way, you know. So mm -hmm. I had a nice car and lovely clothes and da-da-da. Mm -hmm. And then it's basically, so the next step up would be to get, what, an even nicer car and even nicer clothes. And that mm -hmm. path is only ever going to go one way, which is that you're still never really going to be that satisfied, mm -hmm. you know. Well, certainly for me, anyway. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, just fancied a change. I had this sort of niggle in the back of my mind that maybe there was something else out there that could be. Mm. And um, I was putting in a lot of hours and I felt quite uh, like a shadow. I felt a little bit like I was maybe okay. a shadow. Okay. And um, and it, and so they were great. They, they said, look, you take a... I asked for a year off, mm -hmm. uh, a, a one-year career break, which they didn't do that much as a company. And they said, yeah, that's great but you definitely need to come back because <laughs> we've invested a lot of money in your training. I was like, yeah, I'll come back, I promise. And I went back for, after I'd worked, uh, mm -hmm. after I'd lived in Chamonix, mm -hmm. uh, I came back for about another six months and then... Realised realized yeah, it was exactly. time to um, find a new path. You know, And I think it's... It, I was lucky that I was able to sort of, you know, with my childhood, be sort of brave enough to make that decision mm -hmm. and to do that. But I think... Um, it did take. It, it was. It was quite a hard decision to just go right. I'm going to sack off this corporate stuff and and do something else. But I'm so much happier. Yeah. And I, I've had so many experiences that I just wouldn't have had if I was now the, you know, whatever it was of some yeah. big big cheese, yeah. big, <laughs> big big cheese <laughs> in some big company. Yeah. You know, I certainly wouldn't be sitting 
on the shores of Lake Windermere yeah. on a Saturday morning chatting yeah. to you. Do you know what I mean? I'd be yeah. in London probably in some big fancy house with, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's just, uh, I'm lucky that I was at right time, right place to, no. to to make that bounce. It's nice when that happens, isn't it? Well, yeah. nice is probably an yeah, understatement. Really nice. <laughs> no, no, really. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really lucky and I, mm. I got into climbing kind of mm. quite late on as well you know met met a bunch of climbers that took me under their wing and and so mm. all of those experiences it's like that films that old film sliding doors you know <laughs> yeah what would, would you see yourself what would you see yeah. yourself in a different life if it came yeah, about yeah I know, you if, know. It, if, if that had gone that way yeah um so climbing what i mean you you've done a, i've seen you on social media mm-hmm. uh known you for a little bit now and mm-hmm. you uh you you hurt you're on a big trip in America and you hurt yourself quite badly is that right yeah that's right so I was um I was in Utah and it was in about 2011 I think so maybe like 10 years ago now mm. nine years ago um we we're on a big trip around America we'd hired a van and we were doing a big three months trip around the, around the states starting in uh, Yosemite and then going clockwise up to Idaho and then we were then climbing in Utah. And um, have you ever climbed there? No. no. It's just amazing. It's yeah. just the most beautiful. The desert there is just something else. Yeah. And um, I was climbing on a big uh, pillar. And the, the, the rock climbing there is, is, is really beautiful. Uh, it's a really sort of pure style of climbing because you're just climbing like the space in between. There's no holds, you're just climbing the spaces in between. Yeah. So it's splitter cracks that, yeah. that you're climbing. And um, I was on the top of this route, put some gear in, and uh, done all the hard climbing, put a bit of gear in above my head, went to clip it uh, with my rope, and pulled out a bit of rope, and went to try and clip the piece of gear. And so I had quite a lot of slack out, and, and my foot just popped out the crack. And so I fell about 30 feet. Um, I didn't hit the ground because I was about however many feet up. It was really high up. Um, But I just slammed into the rock. And when I slammed into the rock, I knew I'd done something fairly hefty. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a sharp pain in my back. And um, sort of screamed, got lowered to the ground quickly. And um, and, uh, got laid on the ground and realised that I'd done something quite quite sort of yeah. bad. Um, but I could wiggle my toes, so I knew I was mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, right, that okay. Initial. My toes, I can still wiggle them, that's fine. Um, but I went to sit up, and then I could feel a really sharp pain in my back. And um, I, we did, a, the guys went off and got the rescue, and if you have an accident in the, in, in, in the national park there, they call like out call out the cavalry, so there was like the sheriff's office and the national park rangers and the wardens and stuff. Wow. And the rescue was big. Uh-huh. There was about maybe like 30, 30 people sort of turned up. And I remember there was a sheriff. I never knew this was a thing. They have a proper badge with a star on it. Like the teleprogram. Like the teleprogram. Anyway, um, and they got stretchered out and. Uh, and got taken to, to, to Moab, which is like the local hospital. 
and they realised that I'd done something maybe a bit worse. Um, so I got taken um, to uh, Colorado to the hospital there. Right. And I was in a spine unit for 10 days. Uh, right. And I'd broken my back and I'd broken my ribs. Um, so I was really lucky uh, in that it could have been so much, much worse. worse. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, and it was great. I had really good insurance. And once they understood that my insurance was really robust, mm-hmm. They just threw everything at it. So I was in, in, you know, if you're going to break your back, it was probably the best place to break my back. (laughs) You know. Said no one ever. Oh, every every silver lining. Yes. um, Every cloud and all that. Um, And um, yes, I was there for 10 days and then I got flown back to the UK. But um, like on the back of that um, accident, I had a, a, a sort of right from the word go I wanted to make sure that I was framing this in a, in a positive way because mm-hmm. at the time my job was climbing, all my friends were climbing, um, my husband's a climber and I didn't want this to be something that was going to define you yeah. know, me having, like, yeah. I can never do this again. Mm-hmm. So I um, was trying to look at the, look at the positive things in it and I, and I was really lucky. My husband had broken his, broke his neck um, was it a couple of years before. And so it was, it was quite, you know, we were both like, right, there's definitely a nine life that's gone there. He'd broken his neck in a snowboarding accident. Right, okay. And was really lucky. Right. So well, <laughs> we're good. both well, like... Glad the luck, luck is on your side. <laughs> I know, um, I'm not sure if our insurance company's <laughs> so happy about that. The premiums went up for. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of long-term issues from it? All gone, all... No, the weird thing, I don't know if it's ever broken a rib, but the, the one weird thing, which... So my back's totally fine, right? But the one weird thing is that my rib on this side, underneath my boob, uh, twists round sometimes. I don't right. know why. So sometimes if I'm climbing now mm-hmm. and I, I stretch, the the rib will sort of pop out mm-hmm. and, and gets a bit sore. But it's just, but it's just that one rib. Right. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned, you, so you're still climbing. It's not stopped you or or, or hindered you in any way to no. And to I went, I went, hard. I went back to to Utah. Um, two years later, a year right. later, two years later, and uh, and and went back and and, and climbed there again, and, yeah. and so it was same all, route. I didn't go and do the same route, but we did pass it. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a walk up a hill, mm-hmm. um, but the the sensation of being there. I mean, the first time I went back to climb, mm-hmm. poor my husband, poor poor guy, <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> um, but but it's one of those things that if you just open the open the open the box up of what's mm. going on a wee bit mm. then it's fine mm. you know and I, I think that if you put these things on a shelf and lock them away you'll never yeah get over it so yeah you have to can kind of embrace it a little bit a to, wee bit to get yeah. It. yeah yeah exactly so that's what uh that's feel the feel and do it anyway exactly mm. yeah uh-huh. um so still climbing obviously introduced open water swimming to the to the mix mm-hmm. of that um uh i just want well you have a very unique illustrator, illustrative, <laughs> is, is that the right word? Illustrative yeah, um, yeah. Uh, way. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's not a better word for that, but uh, I see them everywhere. They're, they're really unique and, and yeah. fun. Where where does that come from? What's that? Is that was that part of your uh, job when you were corporate in Gap, or is that something that's developed? No, I Where's used it? to always draw when I was wee, and yeah, um, and then I really wanted to go to art school, mm-hmm. um, but my dad was very uh you know it also worked in the corporate world and he was very much like you're not gonna get a job being an artist 
And I was always thinking, well, I'm definitely not going to if I don't go to art school. <laughs> I mean, at least if I go to art school, I might get a job. Um, but he was quite uh, adamant to, to uh, you know, to, to, to make it that I was going to be going to university, not art school. Mm -hmm. Even though I was much better at art and, and, and English than, than any, anything else. Mm -hmm. but, um, but I ended up going to um, university in Edinburgh but I was based at the art school. So it was kind of uh, annoying because I was with all these people that were really bohemian and mm -hmm. uh, walking around you know, with bits of paintbrushes in their hair and drops of paint on their faces and covered in like clay and stuff. And I was like, I just want to be part of you. And I was going off and doing economics and statistics and engineering Fun. classes and just being a bit like, oh, this, is, <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. And I did, a I did five years um, at university doing uh, town planning, so it's an, an mm. honours degree, um, very much working towards working as a town planner or within the environmental science you know, world, which um, I didn't do, I got my degree and then on the day that I graduated I pretty much burnt all my... <laughs> <laughs> degree notes and stuff yeah. but I've always drawn for myself yeah. um, and, uh, and the illustrations are something that I love doing mm -hmm. and so now I, I do that for work yeah. um, as well as, as other bits and bobs so mostly for uh, rock climbing uh, and swimming but I also do work for um, different brands maybe for books um, okay. and just whatever comes my way yeah. if I can see the image in my head then I know that the commission will be a good one. I'm right. not very good at uh, drawing things if I can't see what it'll look like first. Okay. So I'm quite and intuitive in how I draw. So yeah. yeah, I think the one that sort of always sticks in my mind is the one you did uh, and somebody who's out, or for yourself, who's out wild water swimming and there's all the things below. Oh yeah, you get, your, get your feet and, what you, and all these things, that was quite... That's yeah, great, that was... Because a lot of people think that, think that's a very sort of uh, poignant image. If you like. Well, I got that was a really nice one because I um, actually, because I'm not on Facebook, but on Instagram it was great. I, I did a little story and I just said, "What? I'm needing some inspiration for the for an illustration. What? Um, yeah, what things do people think of that lie beneath the surface? Right. And uh, and so it was brilliant because I didn't need to have to think <laughs> of what. I mean, I know what I think's under the surface. Yeah. I must have had so many comments and it was so easy, Davy, because it was like, oh, right, okay. And so people were just saying socks and, you know, octopuses and mermen with uh, feathers, which I thought was quite interesting. Mermen with feathers that tickle your feet. It's like, right, I can draw that. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got some really dark ones that I couldn't draw. <laughs> like, I can't, I mean, yeah. really dark. Oh. Especially there's, there's a guy, a swimmer that's over in... in uh, yeah, in Europe and and, uh, and the stuff that he was saying, I was like, I'm not drawing that. That's, that's meant to be a nice. And then in that drawing, I drew, um, yeah, some seaweed. And then it's this seaweed man, but he's got a little, tiny little bit of a frond, which looks a little bit like a willy. And then I coloured it in a sort of willy colour. And then, and so in the image, it looks like a really lovely image, but yeah. then I called it really really. Because he's there and he's got this little woo. And um, yeah, anyway, just hiding little things. Hiding, like little, hiding things. little things in the images yeah. like that. Oh, it's like good, it. yeah. I, I remember. <laughs>
So, mm-hmm. jump back to um, open water swimming then again. Uh-huh. Um, so, we, when we came out of the water, you, you and Charlie were talking about the the benefits, the, the physical benefits that sort of lead on to the mental benefits. Uh-huh. So what for people who want to get into that type of swimming, what are the benefits for them if they decided that that's what they were going to do? Um, so cold water, uh, it's basically in the UK, the water's um, about 15 degrees a lot, of the, a lot of the year and that's classed as cold water. So basically there is you know, it, it's really worth saying that getting into open water swimming in the UK is best done not alone, and it's best done with a group, and it's mm-hmm. best done with people that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's so many groups now across the UK, it's dead easy to find a group that are going to be meeting up and just go with someone else. Um, in terms of the physical benefits, it's um, the cold water is drop it when you get into cold water you're getting a big dopamine, serotonin, like happy hormone sort of rush. Mm. Um, it's also flushing your lymphatic system. So when you get out of the water, you know how we went red. Yes. Um, that's really pushing your circulation. And and it, and it's really, what you're doing is you're doing something which looks like it's quite tricky, but actually you're realizing that you're conquering something. So the rest of your day, you can go, well, I managed to get into the water therefore I can now mm. go ahead with the rest of my day. Mm. Um, it's also very grounding, so you're getting away from your screens and your Wi-Fi, mm. and it's a very present, sharp focus of like, I'm here and this is what I'm doing, mm. plus you're feeling weightless. And also you don't need to swim, like this morning we were not really swimming, we were just bobbing about. I was definitely bobbing about. But that <laughs> <laughs> there, was no, there was no swimming. Yeah. But that bobbing about and, and that sort of sense of um, community and camaraderie and that sort of stripping off of ego just to get into the water really mm. binds us in a way which a lot of experiences on land don't so much. You're still, you can still be quite hidden, mm-hmm. but there's something about just showing a sort of raw sense of self in the water, which is sort of transcends anything else and I think that's why it's so special Mm. and I think that's why uh, I run a group uh, on the first Sunday of every month uh, which is a free group and it's with two mental health practitioners and me and another two swim coaches and we have water safety as well and it's just for people that just want to give it a go so even if they just turn up and dip their toe in the water or get up to their knees the fact that they showed up to to give it a shot What's the um, name of that group? It's called Blue Mind Swim. Yeah. And it's down at Felfoot at the National Trust place down there. But um, And it's just about giving people an understanding of how to get into water safely with the right environmental considerations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and signpost where they can get more information to do it further. Okay. So there's one lady that came down on the first ever Blue Mind Swim that I ran and she was wearing a big flowery um, swimming costume and she had a dressing gown and she'd never got into water before and fast forward now to this year she's swimming every day she's off her antidepressants and she's raising money for a crisis so it's a total life transformation for her Mm -hmm. and she would never have considered um, doing it before and she wouldn't have hired a swim coach to do it so it's just a yeah. Up, give it a shot. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people are finding it so powerful. 
No, yeah. especially since you know with with COVID and us being stripped away of things that we can and can't do and stuff. Yeah. You know, I think uh, that's why so many people are loving it because people are sort of reclaiming a little bit of freedom mm. back and doing something which is for them. You can also do it in your wheelie bin if you fill it full of water and ice. <laughs> you can totally do that. You can get an ice Seen barrel that, yeah. and you can do that. And that's <laughs> amazing as well. But that cool connection is something which has been well documented now. Yeah. And, uh, and ex- exactly, yeah. and, and uh, you know, Wim Hof and, and lots of different people, Laird Hamilton and all these guys doing different things to do with the cold. Um, you can, you don't have to throw a stone very far to see someone that's doing cold stuff and, yeah. and, and seeing real benefits. For people with menopause, it's now been proven that it's, uh, there's sorry, some science which is backing up that it's really helpful for um, dementia. Um, for for memory and so there's just like loads and loads and loads of information out there about okay. it. It's so good to see. Yeah. And for the future, then, what's the what does the future look like for Ooh, Delhi? Blimey! So I'm setting up a wee partnership with another two friends to um, work more with people to help them get into cool water. So okay. there's a really amazing charity near Kendal called Growing Well and they're a mental health charity and they work on a farm and it's an organic farm and they work with ex-servicemen um, and then people from the local area to um, show them about how being outside, connection to nature and working on the farm but I'm going to be giving them some experiences of coming into open water so it's again it's something that they can do for themselves for their own mental well-being you don't need any kit you just need an understanding and a basic knowledge so I'm working with them this right. year, awesome. which would be great, and um, some more illustrations, and then I've got my big rock climbing festival that I run every year, as well. the, I, <laughs> which is another I thing. To, yeah, <laughs> I, I meant to touch on that. So you have WTF, yeah. the Women's Trad Festival. Yeah, that's right. And how did that come out? So we're going to be in our seventh or eighth year this year, mm-hmm. and the Women's Trad Fest is just a. Uh, it's just a rock climbing festival. It, it's underpinned on um, sort of mental well-being, accessibility, and sustainability in the outdoors, and it's to get more women into trad climbing, uh, and to help women who are already into trad climbing to progress up. Um, you know, in terms of qualifications or in terms of their own um, knowledge and understanding. In the UK, it's about 10% of rock climbing instructors are women, so we're just trying to build on that show role models that are females in the outdoors that are guides and, and doing all that stuff um, and also at the other end is just for people that are maybe sport climbers that do a lot of climbing inside mm. trad climbing is quite expensive to get into and we give them all the gear we give them professional instructing for two days and it's in an off-grid carbon neutral festival which is in the peak district so the tickets sell out in less than a minute so now we do a ballot and it's the last weekend in July. Yeah, so it's it's great fun. Yeah. And and we have we have uh, a lot of guys come and help out as well because mm. we don't have enough female instructors. Mm. But also the guys get loads out of it as well and want to come back. So it's not a female only um, event. We have about ten or fifteen percent guys come mm. to support as volunteers or as instructors. So yeah. So I'm quite busy with that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. quite busy this year actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the other thing. So yeah, so lots going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and other thing I just wanted to mention was the uh, the film. 
which showed at Kendall and got rave reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't manage to catch it, I was yeah. somewhere else, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> in the bar. Probably, yeah. <laughs> More than likely. Yes, uh, unfortunately. Um, but um, we're going to be showing it at Sheffield Adventure Film Festival. Yeah, so um, the Body of Water film, which is about me basically looking for ice last year, mm -hmm. not last year, year before, it was shot two, two and a half years ago now. Um, is getting shown at, on the Kendall Mountain Festival tour um, in, in uh, Whit Whitley Bay uh, and some other places that will mm. be shown on there. And then I'm not sure what the directors are going to do with that after that. They might just make it on a on a release and put it onto Vimeo or YouTube or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, and then there's another wee short film which is going to which has been accepted into Sheffield, okay. which is called Zero, right. and that's just a really short four minute film and there's no uh, speaking in it and it's just about me going up to a very high tarn uh, last February right. and getting into an ice hole, making a lovely big ice hole and getting ah, into I've that. I've seen some images I'm sure of that, some stills from that. Yeah, from it's really beautiful. Yeah. Okay, really so you've got those two still yeah. uh, doing, doing the rounds as it were on the festivals yeah. and, the, uh, and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And you've got a busy year to come. Yeah, quite busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll mostly uh, be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, that, that's been great. Uh, thanks for your time, Gilly. I know that the, obviously you are busy, and uh, I know you get asked for what you were telling me earlier. You get asked for a lot, lots of other podcasts, so I'm honoured. Um, Thank you for getting into the water. You're the <laughs> no problem. No problem. I feel <laughs> it's a kind of trade-off. <laughs> I don't know if it's any. Well, no. um, but yeah, it's been great. Uh, great to talk to you. Um, great to catch up with you. And um, and and catch you again sometime yeah soon. definitely thank yep. you very much no problem See at you all again soon. yeah excellent <laughs>